Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the ARC Digital Transformation Viewpoints podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things related to digital transformation in energy, industrial, and critical infrastructure applications. The podcast is the creation of the ARC Advisory Group Digital Transformation Practice. ARC advises leading companies on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at ARC underscore advisory or please go to the website at www.arcweb.com. Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Sangupta. I'm an analyst here with the ARC Advisory Group, and I cover several process automation-related topics, including remote operations. With me today is James Redman with Schneider Electric. He's a global offer manager for remote operations, and he joins us to discuss what he's been witnessing and provide some insight into the remote operations market and some possible responses to these trends to allow you, your company to stay ahead and thrive. James, welcome. Oh, thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, great, great to have you. Before we get started, can you give the audience a bit of an idea of what you consider as remote operations? Uh, certainly. Um, so what we consider, certainly what I consider remote operations, covers uh, various assets across a ge geographically dispersed area. So if you can imagine in the energy field, uh, oil wells dispersed over a rural area, um, various stations along a pipeline. Uh, conversely, in the water wastewater fields, um, irrigation sites, uh, pumping stations, wastewater ponds, overflow ponds, monitoring stations for that. So it's important industrial or infrastructure type assets, but outside of a plant and typically outside of an urban area. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, we, we're talking about these markets and we want to talk about the trends. What, what macro trends do you see impacting your customers? Uh, with with regards to remote operations? Uh, certainly. Um, so one of the first ones we're really seeing is a big generational change with the, um, the new developers, technicians, engineers entering the field. Um, these people are digital natives, so they haven't lived without computers, they haven't lived without internet. And so they're looking at a lot of these common problems we see with pipelines, with water pumping stations, but they want to approach that in a different ways. Um, another trend that we're seeing that I think is really important is there's more and more interest in leveraging AI. Certainly we've seen in the news, um, you know, a lot of promising or interesting stories, right? About what you can do with chat GPT, for example. But deeper than that, they're looking to take advantage of AI to analyze that data and to really provide operational insights automatically that will help optimize the operations in the field or in the application with which they're concerned. Um, a couple other ones that we're seeing there's multiple paths for data. So in the past, right, data in remote operations typically would be a very hierarchical uh, situation. You would have your outstation with your RTU, with your sensors. So your sensors would go to your RTU, your RTU would in turn collect that information and pass that on to a SCADA system 
operators look at the SCADA system, communicate that to the technicians over the phone, for example, in other ways. Now, what we're seeing is there's different paths to the operator. So there's certainly SCADA systems, and that's going to continue forward. But in some cases, we're seeing information going as well to the cloud in parallel to that, or to a historian service in parallel to that, or to an analytics service in parallel to the SCADA. Uh, a lot of customers I'm encountering are looking for ways to go directly to the operator, right? So rather than waiting for the communications to come through the SCADA system, they want their remote assets to signal to the operators on duty that there's a problem, for example, using a text message. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on there. There's another thing that you didn't touch on in this, and uh, this I want to get into as well, and that's the impact of government regulations. So the you know the the industries that you you mentioned earlier, oil and gas, water, they have a lot of government regulations uh, pushing on them and uh, defining borders for them, etc. Um, how do you see that impacting? uh you know operational technology in this area um so if i had to summarize in one sentence uh government regulation is forcing it into ot operational technology space um so i think everyone here um is familiar and everyone listening certainly with what happened with colonial pipelines right um mm. there's a cybersecurity attack it didn't actually to my understanding affect their ot systems but nonetheless it forced them to shut down uh gas transmission all along and oil transmission all along the eastern seaboard in the united states so mm. that in turn has led to a lot of motivation uh, certainly by the United States government to better protect critical infrastructure like pipelines. And so what we've seen is the uh, TSA has come out with three successive directions for pipelines specifically. And initially they just mandated improved reporting mechanisms, better descriptions of what pipeline companies are doing to secure their OT assets. Subsequent directives, the second and third ones, mandate IT-like structures to better secure that technology. So password protection, um, controlling access to the sites. And so, for instance, if an employee leaves for whatever reason, all those credentials need to be updated. Okay, mm -hmm. so who solved all these problems already with our desktop computers that we all have or our laptops? IT, right? And so what that is really doing is accelerating the convergence of IT and OT technology. And in some ways, I see this as a benefit, though, um, because we can harvest, take advantage of those technologies, those solutions, those approaches that IT has already made and leverage that to better secure OT technologies. Um, and I would add we see similar pressures accumulating. For instance, the TSAs uh, put in similar regulations for rail, um, for logistics, I believe, uh, meaning trucking. And likewise, water, wastewater, we fully expect similar regulations to come in the United States. And we're starting to see those in Western Europe as well. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So. We've gone over some of the, the trends and challenges we're getting. Uh, they're not going anywhere, right? If, if anything else, they're going to get, they're going to increase. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you recommend for operators in order, what do you recommend for them to do in order to overcome these challenges? Okay. Um, well, the first thing I would suggest to them is to invest in security. Um, so as I alluded to, security is not an option anymore. Um, so I mentioned Colonial Pipeline. So a second uh, point of concern is the town of Oldsmer, Florida. Are you familiar with what happened there? That's the water treatment plant? Yeah, the water treatment yeah. plant with the PLC on the internet. Right. Right. Yep. Um, so for those listening who aren't familiar with it, um, as I understand, there's a water treatment plant, there's a PLC, there's public internet access to that and someone hacked into it and started increasing um, the injections of a certain chemical uh, geometrically now fortunately an operator happened to walk by saw on the hmi there was a problem and shut that process down but uh, given the myriad of different water authorities uh, throughout the united states canada western europe and the world i fear it's only a matter of time that another vulnerability like that's going to be exploited Um, So I suppose the key point I want to make here is that I would encourage everyone listening um, to to really take into account that cyber is not an option. It's something we need. And the time is now to really invest in equipment and techniques for cybersecurity that are also scalable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a second thing i would suggest to kind of take advantage of these challenges um is to as i mentioned earlier we have this next generation of developers um entering the automation market and so these individuals are playing with raspberry Pis. they're learning using linux they're learning using languages like python so to migrate or to move or to take advantage of those skills and the fact there's huge communities in the internet with lots of resources available like forms, libraries, packages, et cetera, to really leverage that to solve these problems we have now. And so by investing in technologies that use embedded Linux, um, I would encourage people listening to this to do that and to take advantage of those skill sets because people are ready to use them and they can take fresh approaches and solve these problems that are common to remote operations in new and more effective ways. Um, Finally, I'd encourage people to have a hard look at analytics. Um, Certainly, we can see some of the initial benefits of that, being able to monitor simple things like vibration on a machinery or flow levels or pumping speed. But as the technologies evolve, we're gonna see more and more capabilities to generate generate actionable information as our computing systems grow more capable. And those able to take advantage of this will progressively increase their operational um, efficiency, I think, significantly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, analytics are all the rage for sure. No, um, indeed, indeed. Yeah, and and as you know, if you look at uh, what's available on the market from a, you talked about Raspberry Pi and Linux, et cetera. What other t- types of technology do you see helping meet the challenges that this industry faces? Well, indeed, 
Uh, so I'll start back with analytics. Um, so we take Python, which is really the defeat, uh, default, excuse me, language for machine learning and AI. So what we see now is we can apply these algorithms and it will look for things we tell it to look for. But the evolution I see of that is we're going to be able to use these technologies to develop systems that will be able to tell us things we can't foresee. So uh, just to give an example, um, long ago, I developed a sucker rod pump um, control system. OK, so that was fun. Um, so I was just playing around with ChatGPT, and I asked it to describe how I could optimize the sucker rod pump. And so it described how to perform the downhole equations to identify different conditions. OK, so that was exciting. So I asked it then how it could optimize uh, develop a system to apply machine learning to further optimize it. And so was able to describe in detail, surprising detail, and these things aligned with my knowledge of the application, um, algorithms for identifying predictive maintenance opportunities, um, for condition monitoring, for more sophisticated fault detection around worn valves or plungers. So it's this ability to tell us these things that a typical person or even a skilled operator isn't going to be able to see, I think is really what's going to take AI to the next level. Now, a second uh, technology that I think is going to help to meet these challenges is, as I mentioned, role-based access control really right to the edge where we have these remote operations. Um, this, I think, is where IT and OT conversions are both going to lead us. So by being able to link operator access to these important, critical even, remote assets to what roles, what credentials these operators have, we'll have a much more powerful tool for securing these assets and access to them and doing so in a way that's scalable. Um, in many cases, we have a handful of operators maintaining dozens or even low hundreds of assets. And it's not really scalable to change the credentials unit by unit and it's massive cost where you have to try. So by leveraging things like Active Directory, LDAP and those technologies that IT's already solved the problem for with operational technology, I think that's gonna be a huge, yeah, a huge benefit to remote operations. And a final set of technologies I think that really needs to be explored is the next generation of protocols for remote operations. Uh, so certainly I see going forward a strong case for using DMP3, particularly with its secure authentication technologies available to it. But likewise, communicate uh, protocols like MQTT um, and Sparkplug B, really it's a common extension, and OPC UA are very powerful tools that will give, um, give our customers a much more powerful way to access their data, to harness that data, and to pass that data to the multiple systems so they can best take advantage of it to optimize their operations and identify what needs to be done. Okay. Now you, Schneider Electric, recently introduced a new product as well for the SCADA market. You want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Um, so I'm very excited uh, that we launched our bra brand new Skidapak RTU. Um, so that's the Skidapak 470i. 
and its uh, bigger brother, if you will, the 474i. And this is, in fact, our RTU that's designed to be an IIoT Edge platform uh, for harsh environments. So it, take, it includes all those legacy RTU capabilities that our customers know and expect in SCADA pack. Um, so for instance, 611.31 logic, uh, data logging, our object database, uh, the ability to interface, of course, with local I.O. act as a data concentrator. So we include all those legacy capabilities that we have in our Skateback 470s that we've had available for a few years. And with that, we add our own Linux-based edge computer into it. So that gives us massive flexibility, um, or gives our customers, I should say, massive flexibility with how they can approach the problems of remote operations. So you can take advantage of your legacy infrastructure, use your logic, communicate using telemetry protocols. But extending Linux, you can also put on applications developed using Python. You can deploy them using containers. You can use C applications. You can, um, we include a web server, but you can include your own custom web applications. So customers will no longer need to drag around a laptop, for instance, to see what the remote sites are doing. If they have a network connection, they can log in and use a bespoke web application hosted on the RTU to show their technicians, their operators, exactly what they need to see to validate that the remote sites are doing what they're doing and apply controls if they need. Also, I'm really excited that this platform is going to give us a lot more flexibility with communications. Uh, we can run Node-RED, for instance, which gives us access to a massive protocol library. And finally, it's our platform for IT and OT convergence. So we include a lot of security enhancements with this, our initial release. And late this year, we're going to add a full suite for role-based access control compatible with Active Directory. Oh, interesting. So you used a term I hadn't come across before. Maybe some of our audience members haven't either. Can you, you tell us a little bit about what Node-RED is? Uh, certainly. So Node-RED is an open source um, graphical programming tool. It was originally developed um, by a pair of gentlemen, if I remember correctly, working at IBM. And so what it... Um, and it's now been spun off and it has its own open source society that's kind of maintained, you can join, et cetera. So what's the benefit of it? The key benefit is um, it has a huge supported uh, protocol library that's available. Um, so the DMP3 Foundation, for example, supports protocol library as does MQTT, for instance. And you can find protocol libraries, not just for let's say big ones like that, but for more um, less common protocols or vendor specific protocols. So you can use this, you connect the information, um, you load in the libraries, I should say, with the protocols you need. Uh, with our own SCADA pack, we include ones that allow you to access the data on that. And then creating a Node-RED application, you can gather data, for instance, in say in my case, from a piece of equipment from Alan Bradley using DF1, take that into the SCADA back, go off and do something else. Um, or for example, you can publish that information to an MQTT broker, or you can publish that to an OPC UA server, for example. So it gives a lot of flexibility that typical edge devices um, 
or typical art to use wouldn't have had in the past. Ah, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets back to that multiple path uh, discussion at the earlier in this conversation. Good. Well, this concludes our discussion today. Again, my name is Mark Sengupta with ARC Advisory Group. I've been with uh, James Redman. He is the Global Offer Manager for Remote Operations with Schneider Electric, and we've been discussing trends and responses for companies in the remote, remote operations industries. Thanks for joining. <music>